Check, check, check. Welcome to Off Probation, the next episode with your host, Paul. I'm sorry, I'm a little tired and I'm a lack of sleep, so excuse me if I'm talking all fucked up. I got my mans with me. I f- yo, yo. Dude, I forgot your name. It's Jay. Jay, fuck yes. It's one letter, it's super easy. We bro. met, we met through um, Instagram. Homie hit me up. He saw my clothes at the smoke shop. Shout out Glass Chambers. Yeah, from Illinois, bro. It's crazy. It's so wild. I love when shit like that happens, though. I love it when... Yes. Because I'm in there with my girl, right? I'm looking at these overalls. I'm like, I'm about to find out who made these shits. Because somebody out here doing some yeah. crazy-ass work. Fuck I fuck yeah. with that. And you, like, appreciate clothing. So it's, like, sick. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I got hella homies back home that do it. It's- it's cool to find somebody out here fucking with it. Oh, nice. Yeah. What are some, like, things that people make over there? I got my homie shout-out, Cactus Jacks, Jack Anderson. That's my boy. He fucking, he's from Chicago suburbs. He makes hella fucking dyed merch. He's the fucking king of dye. I swear, bro. I've never <laughs> seen a tie-dye better. I've never seen a tie-dye better. I'm up right now. He does bleach dyes, he does ice dyes, and most of the Damn. shit he focuses on is sports gear because he's a big sports guy. How do you spell it? Put in uh, cactus jacks, one word, but the instead of an S at the end, it's Z. It's like three Zs or something. I forget how many Zs he got in there. Oh. You this is crazy. My homie fucking made clothes for Travis Scott, bro. He got a pair of ones going to Quavo right now. Damn. This dude is younger than me. I'm 22. Okay, I'm pretty so sure he's he, like 20, 21. This is sick. He took like a black hoodie and like bleached the slightest part of it. That, no, so that's and, a Travis Scott tour hoodie. Oh, wait, so but did he make that? He bleached, that? yeah. Oh, he, the, that's the he front did of bleach it, it yeah. though, right? He like that's isolated sick how he that did section, that. bleached it, and dyed it. If you scroll, I think there's a close-up of it, too, and there's, like, bleach dots in it. Damn, and, bro, he, he just posted a picture yesterday of Travis wearing that hoodie. Whoa, so, that, so he only dude. made two of them. One of them, I guess he probably fucked up or didn't. he didn't feel Fine. he did well enough, so he kept it to himself. And the other one got sent to Travis. Damn, dude. Congrats, Cactus Jack. Yeah, Jack Fucking Anderson. That's Jack man, Anderson. Bro. He stays now. He got a shoe dropping. In a week. Oh or no, this week. Gosh, on the dude. 11th, he got a With who? Air Force One drop in. Holy Him, fuck, dude. Hand died in distress. Air Force Ones drop in the 11th. I'm wow, about to cop my pair. dude. 225 shipped. Wow, dude. I'm going to cop a pair, too. Bro, they're so gassed. What? In that slime August you see 12th. Them? In the, on his website, inwayoveryourhead.com. Yeah. Only snapping. August 12th, bro. I fuck with them, bro. I gotta Damn, stay. Damn, everything is sold out. I can't even lie. I gotta keep a distance from the tie-dye ship because of him, bro. Because he do it so well. Bro, I don't even want to come you. from with it. Damn, this one is sick. Alright. Damn, we're getting it. If you want to go check that out, check it out. You heard what we called, uh, what his Instagram is. What the real reason why my man Jay is here, though, is because he was bad. Ooh, Jay. Uh, don't tell him. <laughs> But this this is a uh, different situation. Instead of uh, him being on probation, he was actually on parole. So I'll let you explain that. Yeah, just because most people don't know, and a bunch of people like when I got out too. 
even though people had known I had been locked up, they're like, you off probation yet? I'm like, well, technically... So here's the deal. Probation is a scam. It's a fucking joke. And what they do is that they don't have strong enough evidence or a strong enough case to actually convict you and send you to prison. So what they do is they scare you into taking probation. 95% of the time people are on probation, they took a plea deal to get it, to avoid jail time or prison time. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Sometimes people just like, if it's a stupid crime, like let's say you got three unpaid traffic tickets mm-hmm. and you ain't been showing up to court and they're just pissed at you, they're going to be like a year probation mm-hmm. or a year court supervision just mm-hmm. to get you out of there and give you something, you know? But the whole idea of probation is to catch somebody slipping up again. Because when you go on probation, you sign a, a deal pretty much saying, I'm not going to take drugs, I'm not going to be around drugs, I'm not going to be around criminal activity. So if you're on probation... And they catch you just standing on the street with a known gang member. It doesn't matter if you guys got no guns, no drugs, nothing. You're going to get locked up for criminal activity. And they have it in the probation rules that, like, as soon as that shit goes down, like, you just go straight to prison. Like, there's no... there. You're already found fucking guilty, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? So it's just way harsher. Like, let's say you got caught with an eighth. You got probation. Now you get called it a gram. You go to jail. Even though it's just a fucking gram of weed. You know yeah, what I'm saying? dude. Anyways, sure. so then parole is when you have already served time. It's a release program in which you're released from the prison or the jail. And when you're in prison, you are actually property of the state. The state has property of your physical body. Holy shit. So when you're released from jail and you're like, I'm free! You're not actually free because it actually says... You are still the state's property until your parole is up. Damn. So you are the state's property, but they're, like, reintegrating you into society. So your parole officer, more than trying to catch you slip up, is really trying to make sure you have a stable place to live, you find a job, you're staying out of trouble, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, for instance, I mean, I shouldn't really mention names, but my PO never once dropped me. And I'm pretty sure he was supposed to. But he was just super chill. I gave him a good impression right off the bat. White kid coming from a good area and shit. So he's like, oh, yeah, I don't have to worry about this guy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So he never really dropped me. But that's the thing is that probation is really trying to get you re-caught up in the system, trying to keep you in the system. Parole, that too, they'll catch you slipping. Many people go back off parole. but So I had two years parole after I served a year. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the dude gave me only so you have like an option if you it's just like prison time you get like good behavior type of shit so I had two years parole but since my first year I was like staying in line never got in trouble with nothing my PO put the paperwork through for me to be released a year early so I only had to serve a year so I got off my official release date was January 15th 2020 that's when I got parole damn congrats so this year fuck yeah yeah just Hell in yeah, time to make it on the podcast. December 31st, 2018. Oh, shit. So you were on parole for over almost a year. Yeah, I was on parole for a year, yeah. yeah so, fun shit. <laughs> fun shit. I can't wait to hear the fun, the best stories, maybe. Some of the best, oh, some yeah. of the worst. Man, it's a like... A little bit of both. Yeah, it's funny as hell. I'm on my way over here, right? Maybe I told my girl, started. I was like, yo, so... Calvani, he's trying to put me on this podcast and he wants me to talk about probation and shit and being locked up and she was like 
how long do his shows usually run? I was like, I don't know. And she's like, well, make sure you're back here by a decent time because I know you can talk for hours about that shit. She's like, you've told me so many fucking stories. Like, I can't even imagine what you're telling Oh, yeah. Oh, yo. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Just want to make sure the mic was right. Yeah, yeah, it's you, good. Perfect, yeah. You I thought run? it was in the shirt. My bad. It's so black. Yeah, it's good. But, uh, beautiful, dude. Fuck yeah. So, how did it all start, dude? If you don't mind talking about it. Or well, talk about, I guess. It all started you know, in a small town to. called Lily Lake, Illinois. <laughs> LLC, 1208. That's where we come from. <laughs> and, uh, I love it. Buddy Connor Yee! and Jeff, my main boys. What's up, boys? You know, Listen, one day, they passed me to fucking Wee Bowl, and they said, yo, hit this shit. And that's where it all started. <laughs> <laughs> yes, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's like the first hit of an outlaw. <laughs> Vigilante for life from that first hit. And that's when he knew he was a criminal. <laughs> yeah, it's so fucking wild. It's so wild to think about it, because... I mean, everybody's been kids and done reckless shit, but I'm kind of blessed in the fact that I've never been caught up doing reckless shit, like doing destructive shit, or like, in my opinion, real criminal activities. It's all been because of drugs, and honestly, all the drugs that I've been caught with, in my opinion, are completely harmless. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm not really getting caught with like heroin and fucking cocaine and meth and shit, which people are getting caught out there mm-hmm. a lot, but... So you got in trouble for weed. weed. No, acid was a real big one. Oh, That's shit. what they fucked me with the acid. <laughs> but, I mean, it's fucking scientifically proven. You could take 100,000 hits of acid and you're just going to trip for a month. You ain't going to die. I love acid. It's fucking sick. Yeah, it's I've good. had amazing hit, uh, trips on yeah, acid, I mean, bro, for know, sure. Kids, stay away from drugs, but if you're going to do acid, you do it in a right place, in a right mindset. You do your research. You know, you know what to expect. You talk to people who do it. Blah blah blah. You do it in a safe way. Don't fucking go driving around. Don't go out. I had a homie, man. He always using psychedelics the wrong way. And we would always say, yeah. like, one day this shit gonna catch up. One day this shit gonna catch up. He chilling with some homies in the city. And they're like, man, let's go walk around downtown. So his ass got some mushrooms on him. He ate a whole eighth as he walked around downtown. Didn't even tell homies he's with. He's on an eighth of shrooms. Can you imagine being on downtown Chicago? <laughs> night, walk around the city, it's winter time, he's got jackets on, he's cold, on a fucking eight. <laughs> this man never touched a psychedelic ever again, he don't even smoke weed anymore after that. Whoa, so that dude. That shit fucked him, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, man. Can I, I tell had you eight f- mushroom trips where I was just laying, feeling myself giggling, but his ass fucking walking around feeling like a piece of shit. Can Good, I tell right? you a quick funny story? Yeah, hit it. When I was, um, one Halloween, I took a bunch of mushrooms, I actually drank it in a tea. So I'm not really sure how much it took, but I uh, went to this. I went downtown after this party, and it was like, bro, karaoke and what shit. What is downtown here? Where is there's a cl- a clematis one street. It's a strip, and then there's like one side is like hipster bars, and then the other side is like, you know, flashy like fucking twenty dollar drinks like you yeah, know, yeah, the you. bros and the fucking like I coke dealers and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying yeah. the but that's where like the mainstream clubbing is and then you can even go to Palm Beach you know that's where the real money is but yeah. the hipster bars is where I stay at usually yeah. you know what I'm saying uh, PBR lifestyle hell yeah PBR 
and Shouts uh, out, dude, Path Blue River, Milwaukee. So Milwaukee, I went Wisconsin. Oh you yeah, I'm very close to the homeland of PBR. Fuck yeah, where I live. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I went tripping balls, and I was just like I I listened to this dude sing this karaoke song. I started bawling in the middle of every like everybody started saw me crying, bro. I can't remember. What? I know, but it was like it was a gas one. It was like one of those like early two thousand like rock songs. You know what I'm saying? And uh, bro, man, that's funny as fuck. And everybody started, like, coming around me and trying to hug me and shit. And then I, like, instantly went inside and, like, danced my ass off. And I felt like I controlled the whole dance floor, you know? Like, I was <laughs> tripping so hard. Your vibe was So it was really fun. It was, like, crying really hard, That's dancing weird. really hard. You know what's so funny can- is that I feel like people who take mushrooms... I've seen people get, like, an affinity for, like, heavier and, like, rock and metal musics and shit. I met like a lot of like heavy metal heads and shit that are like into thrash and shit, but they eat a bunch of mushrooms. That shit don't make sense to me because I'm on mushrooms. I don't like that type of music. But I it's funny you. is that I, mean, I could see that though. Yeah. Because no, when I'm in, when I'm tripping, that. I'm in my bag. People you know, into that like like I'm in deep shit. Yeah, like I'm in my own zone, like yeah. super confident. So it's like. I can imagine if you're a metalhead and you're tripping, you're just like, (laughs) like all you want to do is be surrounded by like the thunder, the thunderish like rock sounds. Probably feel like you're literally in like hell. Yeah, that sounds dope, probably. That's just wild. It's funny because I live with this girl that don't smoke weed, and she just started taking mushrooms. She fucked with taking psychedelics once in a while, but she never really like got deep in the mushrooms and shit. Mm. So. She had got a hold of some fire-ass penis envy. Mm-hmm. Shouts out penis envy if you ever had them. Twice as strong as any mushroom, bro. Best you can grow. Best you can buy. But anyways, she took a little bit. She was tripping. And she was talking to me the next day about it. And she was like, man, I was tripping sacked. And this Limp Biscuit song came on. And I don't know why. I've never listened to Limp Biscuit, But that shit was so fire. And now I just like... Today, I'm just feeling the vibe. Like, that's all I want to hear is some Limp biscuit. <laughs> I'm like, that's fucking crazy. And then I showed her Primus. You know about Primus? Um, Les Claypool? Not really, no. Like, crazy, funky, metal, deep, dark, weird shit. Word. I showed her that she was vibing. But I'm like, why does mushrooms make people want to vibe to that type of shit? That's what's up. I don't know. But that's yeah. hard. Yeah, man psychedelics i love yeah shout out to psychedelics super powerful as you can hear all of our stories about tripping or other people tripping at the end of the day two years later it's just something to be laughed at you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. if if it was a good trip or a bad trip Mm -hmm. or an enlightening experience or a scary experience at the end of the day would you get out of it a laugh i've actually it's not always it's not it doesn't always have to be. Even people that have really bad trips, you know, years later, they can still sometimes giggle about it or not talk about it seriously. And that's the same thing with this, like, parole probation shit. And that's, like, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is that just because you do psychedelics or because you've been involved in that shit somehow doesn't necessarily make you a bad person. It's not a fucking evil, dark, serious thing as much as people talk about it. Yeah. And same with parole or probation or being locked up, getting in trouble. We're living in this fucked up world. Everybody breaks the law every day. I don't care what anybody says. You know, was not make a difference whether they're speeding? Even or cops. Whether I have too much fucking weed on me. It's the same thing. We ain't cops really love breaking anybody. the law. Yeah. I swear. Oh yeah. One yeah. time I was like working with a, um, somebody on, cr- 
Craigslist. He ended up being an off-duty sheriff. He was painting a house. And, like, when we were leaving, all the shit in his fucking back trailer fell out. And, like, a car in the back hit it. And he just kept going, bro. He was like, fuck that. And I was like, whoa, dude. I was in, like, high school. I believe it. Holy shit. I believe it. That's funny. So, anyways, (laughs) this is about you, though. I feel like I'm telling only stories about me. Damn. What happened quick, with, with the acid? I'm pretty sure you got a whole slab of reclaim in that ring. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is a whole swimming pool. <laughs> I know. I wish I had actual oil, though. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so it started with weed. The first time I got caught up, it was with... It was a so... It's always been trippy situations that I get in trouble. So for this situation, I was I was going to serve somebody some weed, right? And it was a homie, and we were all going to, like, kick it and smoke a wood, chill in this park, you know, hang out. And for some reason, I'm grabbing the weed, so I grabbed the weed from my house for him. I grabbed some weed for myself, and for some reason, I had this 10 strip, and I was like, I should probably bring this 10 strip, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I even brought it, but I yeah. threw it in my bag, right? Sure enough, anyways, cops come, whatever. While you guys were at the park? Yeah, well... Smoking? So, yeah, this was actually... I was telling you this on the way over here. This is when we're at this park just kicking it. Like, there's really nothing suspicious going on. There's three cars. Alright? I'm with my homie. Other homie pulled up with his homie. And then their two honeys pulled up in a different car. So, there's three cars. We're all parked next to each other. Homie gets out of the far car... To go in the other side car, which I'm in, to get the bud from me. And they're about to dip, and I was like, you want me to roll up real quick? We can get out, smoke some, sit here on the bench, whatever. And he's like, yeah, smoke real quick. So I'm like, all right, bet. I'm going to roll this wood. So he pops back in the other car. I'm rolling the wood. There is this fucking... Appreciate that. Speaking of woods, fat-ass wood by Calvani. She rolled to perfection. I got respect. But, uh... Thank you, bro. Thank you. Hold up. People know what's up. Nothing worse than a wood that's real bad. I know. Nothing worse than this life. Yeah, whenever, whenever, whenever anybody asks me if they can roll one, I'm like, dude, like you, you gotta experiment with your own weed, bro. Yo, because I, I put about an if I eighth. Wouldn't, I wouldn't have already seen that you roll good <laughs> wood. I would have asked to roll it because I'm that type of person. If anybody smoking a wood, I want to pearl it because I don't want to smoke your fucking loose ass falling apart wood. I'd rather pearl it. Even if I can't hit it, just let me roll good wood for you so you're not this one garbage. Oh, God. Anyway, so like I was saying, there's a there was like a dog park next to this public park. And it's this real low key chill spot off the beauty pad. Nobody fucking here. This off duty cop happens to be taking his dog to the dog park, sees us kicking it there sees that we're all kids seeing somebody get out of one car and into the other car and apparently that was enough for him to call and say there's a possible drug deal going down right sheriffs roll up deep as fuck block us all in while you guys are smoking are you still no, rolling no. up in the car <laughs> I got the wood like this half filled with weed and I see the sheriff pulling up I'm like yo turn the car on we gotta go <laughs> and they're pulling in hot as fuck so dude starts the car I literally dropped the wood in the fucking weather tech with all the weed, put my seatbelt on, and the cop, I turn and look in the rear view, he already skirted right behind us, and he pop in, we roll on the window, we're like, yo man, we were just heading out, and he's like, no, everybody, you got me fucked up, I'm like, god damn it, dude, fuck, and this is the fucked up part, I'm 18, 
Homie I'm with in the car is 18. Other four people were 17. Mm. So just because of the fact that me and Homie were not minors, they wanted to give us everything. Mm-hmm. between all three cars because mm-hmm. they're not going to charge a minor. They, you're an adult now. You're going to take the full extent of the law. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And everybody had drugs in the car, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Everybody <laughs> had some. Everybody had some. And this, to this day, this shit blows me because everybody had something and I was the only one that walked away with the charge. Damn. Even yep. your other 18-year-old homie yep. didn't. Yep. It's crazy how that happens sometimes. Yeah. And you know why he didn't walk away? He had fucking... Man, he had some pipes, he had some weed, all Whoa. in this car. But what he did is when he seen the cops, the back seat pops up, like the bottom of it. He just tossed it under, right? Oh, the shit. cops found my shit first because it was in a bag that wasn't hidden. So they're just like, oh, backpack. They start looking through it, right? They find my shit first. And they were so psyched to have yeah. found acid. Yeah, they didn't. Because they are like, well, this is a huge bust. They literally stopped searching when they found that shit. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> they were so fucking dick hard. That mm. shit blows me. They were so dick hard, they never found homie shit. But you know what? Honestly, I gotta give the man respect because I got I went to jail, right? I got out and he hit me up. And this is what he tells me, bro. When I tell him I'm out, this is what he tells me. First fucking response. He's like, yo, remember how you were about to scroll that wood when we got arrested? And he's like, well, you dropped it in the floor liner of the car. And the cops was so fucking geeked to have found that acid and sent us all home and shit that they never even seen all the weed on the floor and the wood. So I took the sheet and I scraped the butt off the weather tech and I rolled the wood and I've been saving it. So whenever you get out, we can smoke it together. <laughs> that's like, so real, damn, bro. That's a real I was one. Like, that's You're... funny as hell. Holy shit. <laughs> He's like, dude. I was going to smoke it, but I know you threw down on it. So <laughs> I'm waiting for you to get out so we can smoke what? it together. <laughs> Bro, that's funny. He he really only said it because he knew you threw that. Fuck, that's dope though. That's yeah. a real one. That must have been a really nice wood. Yeah. The out of jail wood. Yeah, I remember smoking nice. a bowl on the way home from getting picked up from jail, and that shit was nice. Yeah. I was like, yeah. God damn, this is the best. Yeah. Hit I've ever taken. I feel like. Yeah, I, first couple times I was locked up, it was like that for sure. But, uh, actually the very first time, that first time I got out, probably like the whole morning, I did not want to smoke weed. I was just like, let me just come to terms with this shit, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Everybody, shouts out, everybody who's about to get locked up for their first time, because it's going to happen, or whoever's going to get pulled over for their first time. I was just with a girl a couple months ago, she'd drive reckless as fuck, and, and, uh, She's like, I've never been pulled over before. And I was like, it's coming. And she's like, don't say that. And I was like, everybody's going to get caught eventually. If you do bad shit consistently, or if you do shit that is technically illegal mm-hmm. consistently, you're going to eventually get caught doing it. Just mm-hmm. come to terms with that now. And sure enough, like just last month, she got <laughs> she got a DWI. No. Yeah. Damn. And I, I told her, I'm like, man, I'm not trying to be that way, but you're 23, bro. You've been driving for how many years? You haven't been pulled over for a ticket, nothing, a parking ticket? And she's like, nope. I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. coming. It's coming. I way. was getting really ballsy. I got a DUI, personally. Yeah. That's how I got I'm a, how I got on probation. You know what? I'm and fucking... I had that shit coming to me since I was in high school. I swear, I was driving fucked ass up from yeah. parties since day one. You know what's fucked up, bro? I've never been a drinker. 
like actually I, I, I like beer I like wine I don't drink now like I drink like maybe a beer or a wine at night glass of wine two glasses of wine I like that shit I don't really drink hard alcohol or get fucked up anymore but uh I tried drinking a couple times when I was a kid and I got really fucked up at a really young age and I didn't like it it felt terrible so I just I just always stayed away from it I always stayed with the weed you know what I'm saying so yeah. One of the things that I feel lucky about is that I never got in trouble with alcohol because people really do be getting fucked. Yes. You see the motherfuckers taking bikes and mopeds to the public <laughs> to get their Coors Light because they three, got no license. Like three DUIs, bro, in a row type shit. Oh, man, yep. that's so crazy. People get caught up in that shit, and I'm glad I never have. But to be honest, the only time I've ever drove drunk is while I was on parole because I was actually trying to be good and not smoking weed. Because I was like, man, I've already not smoked weed for a year being locked up. I don't know what this dude's going to try or if he's going to try and pull some shit on me. You were still on parole, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so So, you didn't. So here's the deal with parole. So slightly different from probation deals, this is the deal with everybody's parole. You are given so many years on parole. Like I said, you're still property of the state. But the state is saying that you're deemed safe enough or you've been deemed that you've been punished enough to be let out into society but they're still like testing the waters if you fuck up they literally will take you right back so if they give you four years parole and on your first year you get caught with anything you know you get caught smoking weed you piss test dirty and usually it's like if your PO is pissing you or piss testing you and you piss test dirty once they'll usually be like come on bro like fucking straighten up you know they're not really going to send you back to prison. But if you, like, like have two, three dirty tests, you'll go to prison, right back to the prison you were at, and they'll make you serve the rest of your parole in prison. Wow. The cool part is, though, when you get released, you don't have parole. But it's like, I had two years, so if I fuck up in my first year, I got to go back to prison for so a whole nother you, year. You went to prison for two years for just acid? No, I went to prison for one year. Uh, for the acid, and though? It wasn't, yeah, for the acid. What? And it dude. wasn't, and honestly, I How got did you get in so much trouble deal. for just No, acid, I got bro. hooked up, bro. I honestly got hooked up. My first offer was nine years. What the fuck? Is it just because, like, where you were at in the state you were at? I'll explain it to you. I'll explain it to you. It is a long, like, breaking down of stupid laws and regimentations, but I will explain to you why. It has has little to do with where you're at. Because, like, would that happen here? No matter, even in California, they catch catch way more people in acid in California and shit, you know, but. It's still, like, just as illegal there as it is pretty much anywhere. You know, there's, like, states where weed is decriminalized, states where weed's legal, states where weed's severely criminal. It's not really like that with acid. Acid is, like... I'll wait for you to finish coughing. (laughs) Acid is, like, around the board hated. Everybody hates that shit. You know what I'm saying? No matter where you go. But, uh, this is how it worked. Is that... What I... I never even got caught. I sold to a confidential informant. Which is so you got in trouble again after this like yeah this this first incident is just like the first time I got arrested That's oh and you like went to jail only criminal history starts I so went you to jail went to overnight jail for that. I bonded out in the morning gotcha. but the thing is I had I had accrued that case and I was fighting that case for almost a year damn and, no lawyer uh I, I started out with a lawyer I had two lawyers on that case. And then at the end, I fired my last lawyer, and I started trying to fight it by myself. 
But at the time, I was reading a bunch of, like, fucked up shit on the internet. You know what I'm saying? And the law is really difficult, bro. People really don't realize what it's about. And I'm not trying to get into, like, some crazy philosophical debate about law. But at the end of the day, it's fucked. And it's designed in a way that people can't understand. And all lawyers, I don't care if it's your fucking family lawyer. I don't care if it's your uncle. If they have a bar association degree, they work for the fucking courts. You know who issues that shit? The court system. The court system gives those classes and programs and shit. The court system allows that registration. You're literally registered. And then the fucking, it don't matter who your lawyer is, they fucking go and talk to the other prosecuting lawyer and they fucking chop it up and make deals with each other and shit. That's literally what it's about. Right. They're both in it to make money. They're yeah. fuck this kid, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I know people with really good lawyers and like family lawyers that have gotten... Homies, a lot of money. And homies Shout out my lawyer, hey, uh, man, Steve lawyers. Bell. He bought clothes for me. Yeah, what? I, and he and he let That's me do sick. it on a payment plan. Damn, that is so. so fuck. Uh, shout out Steve Bell if you're ever in trouble in the Palm Beach County area. Yeah. Steve Bell will will hook you up. That's what's up. And I ain't even gonna lie. Like, not all lawyers are bad. I'm saying that the premise of being a lawyer is by nature. No, it's definitely a money maker, bro. The courts. Hundred percent. If you ever need something, and you hit them up. It's another couple thousand. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Depending on what the charges are. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? hundred percent. Paying somebody. But to if it definitely feels way safer to have them on your side. Oh yeah, yeah. When no, you're getting you in trouble. One, like for instance, I had a lawyer that got me out of those nine years. Fuck yeah. So like. When you sold it hate. to the confidential, I huh? I can't fucking hate, bro. Can you tell me about this, bro? Because yeah, that so is crazy. I've never it. heard a story about like this. Seeing as I've already like been this. charged for it, to be recharged for the same criminal offenses would be considered double jeopardy and is illegal. Oh, yeah. So, <clears throat> that's actually a so legal take that, term. Motherfuckers, double, double jeopardy listening. is a legal term. So, for instance, if I give up evidence right now about my case that I never gave up in court, but I was never asked about, you know what I'm saying? As long as I don't incriminate You don't have to do that, but yeah. But I feel Pretty like, much, I want to explain I know the what situation, you, you know, Hell yeah. in a light that I wouldn't have explained it previous to being Dope. locked up. Fuck so, yeah. So, what happened at the time, I was staying at a homie's... This was... So, I'm already fighting this one case. This was the big case. I've been locked up two, three times on this case already for not showing up to court and stupid shit. Damn, because you don't know, right? Because you don't have the lawyer anymore. Nah, yeah, it's so, it's so goofy. But anyways, that I, this is the thing. Is you that, never know in the court. So, here, let me start is. back. So, I didn't have a lawyer. I was reading goofy shit online. I was doing goofy shit in court. And pretty much, I was antagonizing them. Because they're like, this is an 18-year-old coming in here trying to fucking talk shit to us. Fight just, it on, on his yeah, own type shit. Yeah, they really don't like that shit. That's when they really get pissed, bro. Yeah, because they want money. I pissed them off so much that they said there's a quad county. I think it's called quad county. So the county that I got caught in is Kane County. And to make sense of it, I don't know if you know, but Chicago is Cook County. So, Cook County is like Chicago. A little bit of the suburbs are still in Cook County. But Chicago, Illinois is within Cook County. That's the most serious fucking county. Their jails are insanely overcrowded. Because that's where all like the gang shit goes Straight down, up, like, the you Chicago don't want to go gang to jail shit. there. Like, it don't matter who you are. People are like, you don't want to go to jail there if you're white. And it's like, yeah, you don't want to go to jail there if you're white. But it literally don't matter race. Like, you just do not want to go there, yeah. bro. It's so bad. It's yeah. so bad. And the guards are at a point where, like, they don't... They're trying not to get killed. 
Like, the COs are staying out of everything. Mm -hmm. Like, you'd be getting your fucking ass beat bloody in front of an officer, and they won't do anything because they don't want to get involved. Holy shit. Because they'll get killed. Yeah. I had this... So, so Cook County is Chicago. Going westward from that, there's DuPage County, which is very slim, and then there's Kane County, which is, like, suburbs slash rural of Chicago. I got caught in Kane County. <clears throat> so, anyways, I'm dealing with this fucking goofy Kane County shit. I'm just trying to, I guess I was trying to give a perspective about where this is at, you know what I'm saying? So, the not area. in Chicago, but right outside it's of right Chicago. It's right outside of Chicago, right? It's two counties over. Um, I got caught in there, blah, 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 dealing with bullshit. The Quad Cities, so they contacted a narcotics task force, Kane County, which is a Quad City narcotics task force that covers... Cook, DuPage, Kane, and I believe Wayne County or Lake County which, or Montgomery, which is just north of all these towards Wisconsin. But it's four fucking counties wide narco- narcotics task force. And they fucking put these guys on me, and I didn't know about this until my case came out. But they're so pissed, they're like, we know this dude is still doing criminal activity. So they had these guys watching me. And I knew. I fucking knew, dude. I fucking knew. I'd see fucking cop cars drive past my house all the time. So or like late like at that. night, I'd see them posted up down the street. Like, I fucking knew what was going on. And I would tell people when people would talk to me, like, I'm crazy. I'm like, man, they know my moves. I can't say so much on the phone. They probably get yeah. my shit But you saw how people know? constantly hitting you up, like... Exactly, right? So it's hard. It's like, yo, it's... Yeah, so... <laughs> I want this money, but chill. Yeah, shouts out the fucking snitch-ass homie that set me up with the CI. Damn. While the narcotics force watched me. So this is how CIs work, which is, stands for confidential informant. Mm-hmm. A CI is somebody like you or me that does criminal shit, but the only difference is when they get caught, they're fucking scared shitless, so they rat out somebody bigger to fucking... You know, so there's something like a so like to say a snitch is like just a whistleblower, like people just a like, normal person. Six nine R is a snitch, but he was he was in jail and he gave them statements on people outside of jail. A confidential informant is someone, in my opinion, even worse than a snitch because you're not just giving up information. You agree to work with the police. Like some of these people get paid, and some of these people they're locked up, and they're like. Man, I can't do this shit anymore. I want to tell. So then what they do is they put them in this weird, like, witness protection program. And they put them... They, like, release them. So you could be facing 10 years. And they'll put you on the street. But then you got to make fake drug deals and shit. And bust people for the cops and bring them back to them. And it's a fucked up cycle from what I hear is that they make it sound like a sweet deal at first. And you bust one person. And then they're like, well, we need five people. So you got one. Now you need four more. And they're like, what? No, I don't even know them. And they're like, well, you better find somebody because if you don't get four more, you're going right back to jail. That type of shit. And then they're like, oh, man, you did good on those five and shit. Oh, man, if you give us another five, we give you fucking ten bands or something. They're like, oh, what? And then they're fucking working for the police, bro. Fuck that shit. But anyways. Crazy. Was it somebody you grew up with? I don't fucking know exactly how it went down. But this, I have to pull all the information and evidence I have Mm -hmm. to form my own opinion of how exactly it went down. Mm -hmm. This is what I know for a fact. Somebody that I did grow up with that was getting into bad shit that I didn't really trust anymore, but I was still fucking with and dealing to sometimes, he turned me on to somebody else 
who was supposedly selling a lot, dealing a lot, and needed a new supplier, and told me to serve him. That person was the confidential informant. Whether my homie knew that he was the CI or not, I, I'll never know. Because, in my opinion, even if I was to ask him, why would he tell the truth and tell me, yeah, I snitched on you. You know what I'm saying? I just fucking beat his ass right there. But I would only assume that he knew. And even if he didn't know, in my opinion, you shouldn't send me somebody that's, that po- could possibly be a snitch mm-hmm. or a confidential informant. Mm-hmm. Like, you should know. Mm-hmm. Like, me and you are homies. We're supposed to trust each other. You're supposed to send me somebody who's like a brother to you as I am to you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's the only way it makes sense. So, can't 100% blame him, but he acted wrong, whether he did it on purpose or he did it out of naivete. He did it, you know? He got it's kind of how I felt, I felt when I got, like, a long time ago, I used to sell weed, and I uh, got, like, caught up and, like, robbed for, like, a quarter <laughs> when really? I was in high school. Yeah, <laughs> and it was, like, my be- one of my best friends, like, linked hey, me up what? with the kid. No, and I was yeah, just, bro, I was that just shit like, happened damn, to like, me. That shit happened to so me. So naive. It's like, fuck, I want to, like, blame you, but you're just, like, naive for doing that. So this me, shit, the exact shit happened to me after my, between my first case and my second case. Between my first case and my second case, I had to start going harder so I could pay for lawyers and shit, you know, pay off shit. And just, you got expenses in life and shit. But anyways, I, uh, I had started going harder, and this homie that I had grown up with set me up. He started going to college in Chicago. He set me up with some dude that he started kicking it with in Chicago at college that he thought was cool with him and shit. And dude was really just using him the whole time. He ended up having to leave his school because, like, people humiliated him and all types Whoa. of terrible ass shit. Bro. He got a lot of people set up. No, not even just that. I just, I, I don't even want to speak on it. It's some really terrible shit. But was the dude a CI? No, the dude was not a CI. This is what I'm trying to say. He set me up with this dude that robbed me. Oh yeah, like you in said between that. my two oh, cases, damn. it was like the same type of shit. Oh. But he robbed me for a, a half a pound. Oh god, yeah, that's <laughs> so rough. Yeah, that shit was like. But at the time, I kind of had it like that, so it wasn't really that big of an issue. And at first, I was so mad, bro. Like, I beat the shit out of my homie, and to this day, I've literally never said a word to him or ever seen him again. But his brother had just gotten home from the military, like, the night before. So he got this, like, 6'4", jacked-ass brother, right, standing in the garage, smoking cigarettes. These dudes pull in the driveway. We pop out into their car to do the deal. And that's when we get robbed at gunpoint and all that shit. I... I hop out the car, go back in the garage. Homie comes back from the garage. His brother's standing there smoking a cigarette. Big-ass military dude. Homie's bigger than me. I start beating the shit out of homie. I put him on the ground. He don't even fight back. And his brother's just standing there smoking a cigarette. I was just like, fuck you. Peace out, Brandon. I left. I never seen his ass again. Fuck. But yeah. Crazy story. All I could think was like... After that, after the anger subsided, all I could think was that these motherfuckers were so desperate because they drove from Chicago, and where I was at at the time was like an hour and a half out of Chicago. Wow. I was like, these people drove an hour and a half, three deep, with a pole to get a half pound? Damn. Like, that's kind of sad, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) That's crazy. Like, that's like, what, like a bill or like a rack, a a thousand bucks? You drove that far for like a thousand dollars a week. <laughs> that is insane. That's not even a big lick, but whatever. You know? 
So anyway, back to the main story. Yeah. Man, so many side trains, bro. I hope people are smoking weed when they listen to this, because that's the only way you're going to be able to follow <laughs> all these million stories that all interlink back into the same story. Damn. But, uh, anyway, so I got my first case, blah, 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 I'm trapping. I, uh, started living at homie's house, and me and homie were trapping together. It wasn't really his house, it was his dad's house, but his dad was, like, moving to Florida, so didn't live there. And it was just us living there, but it was him on the lease type shit. And we're trapping out of this house. The CI had got me there. That's when I served him. I served him 50 hits of acid. Okay. And I remember, I'll never forget. Shouts out my homie Keith Rundy. I'll never forget to this day. Old school head. Real OG acid head and shit. He told my ass, bro. I told him, I showed him the text message. I'm like, yo, man, I'm going to serve this dude. And he's like. I don't know, man. That guy's like kind of sounded like a cop, man. <laughs> I was like, nah, dude. Homie's like, it's chill, dude. Homie set me up with him. He's cool. He said, I don't know, man. You know, he's always fucking on ketamine and shit. Mm. Said, I don't know about that <laughs> shit. Dude. That don't sound right. So I'm like, hey, you're tripping, right? Sure enough, I got out of jail. I hit his ass up. I said, yo, remember when you told me that <laughs> shit? And he's like, yeah, man. I was like, you were right. That was the dude. He's like, what? No way, man. Fuck. But, yeah, anyways, long story short, 50 hits. But this is the key reason that I got fucked as bad as I do. And this is just like a, a sign of how fucked up the laws are written. I had vile acid, which come you know how vile acid comes. But for those who don't come, it comes in like a teeny dropper bottle. And it has 100 hits in it usually. And it's suspended in alcohol. So it's a very tiny amount of liquid in a very small, like, breath mint dropper container. And one drop is one hit of acid, right? If you're selling a bunch of hits to somebody, it's kind of hard, though, if they're not going to take them right there. You've got to put it on something. So most people put it on paper. Right. Right? But to lay sheets of acid is also, like, very scientific and hard to do right so if you just have like one vial and you're trying to serve like 10 hits you don't try and put it on paper you got to put it on something else so some people put it on candy or sugar cubes you know shit like that so i have dropped the acid on sour patch kids all right so there's 50 sour patch kids all with one dose on okay and uh the way the law works is acid is so small it's finite it takes about one milligram of acid to get you like higher than fuck it's actually measured in micrograms which is like millionths of a gram so one gram of acid is 100,000 doses which means you know 100,000 people could get fucking high off of one gram of acid which is only about the size of a fucking quarter you know it's not like cocaine where you gotta snort a fuck ton of it. It's just a very teeny amount, and that's why people put it on paper so it's easier to dose and take. Because if you had the powder, it would be so small you couldn't even fucking see it, you know? Anyways, so because of it being so small, it's hard for the way that criminal shit works. Like with weed, they're like, if you have an eighth, you get in this much trouble. If you have a quarter, you have you're in this much trouble. If you have a half ounce, ounce. If you have 10 pounds, 10 kilos, right? It's harder to do those weight breakdowns with acid because it's so small and it's hard to weigh, mm-hmm. especially if it's already integrated into something else. So for say, if you have a, a hundred sheet of little paper tabs of acid and there's a hundred hits in there, for them to actually take the acid out of the paper and recrystallize it to weigh it 
it's like such an intense process and costs a lot of money and you have to have like chemists so they have to send it to a lab and wait a long time the system is not effective enough mm -hmm. for them it's not quick enough and rapid so they actually passed a law that says whatever the acid is distributed on is to be considered acid Whoa. and so if you put one drop of acid on the bible and they test it positive for acid they will put the bible on a scale and say you have that much acid Damn. So then they break it down by weight, mm -hmm. but it's based on weight of whatever you had it on. Yeah. So most people have it on paper, so most of the weights are based around paper, you know? And if you have five grams of paper, that's like 100, 200 hits maybe, you know? Maybe even more. Mm -hmm. So five grams is very intense, but this is the fucked up thing about the law, is if you have one gram of acid and one gram of paper with acid on it, the paper could only have 10 hits, and the gram of acid is 100,000 hits, but you get charged the same way. Mm -hmm. So it's fucking ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so I had 50 hits on Sour Patch Kids, and then the day what they end up doing is taking all the Sour Patch Kids, putting them on a scale, weighed a little over 109 grams. So I was charged with the sale of 109 grams of LSD, wow. which is enough <clears> to get... I'm not a mathematician, but I think that's 10 million people high. Wow. 10 million hits. <laughs> that's what I got charged with. Oh, my God. And I have 50 fucking doses, which is a half sheet. Oh. Which street value is like $150. Yeah. Just so everyone who's not really into acid understands. So, like, I got caught with $150 worth of a drug, and I got charged as if I had 10 million doses of that drug. Oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah. That's crazy. So, that... There's a there's a class beyond X felony, which is the worst felony. That's like attempted murder and murder and shit are X felonies. And then there is a super X felony. They literally it's called class super X. Oh. Like it's like some fucking superhero movie shit. Like why yeah. would they even call it that? But I got charged with two super X felonies. Jeez. And I had a bond set Jeez. at one point one million dollars. Holy fuck. Fuck. So an X felony is six to thirty years, and when they say that, they mean if you're a first offender, and it's just one count, you'll probably get six years. If you're a second time offender, you might get like fifteen years, and if you've done it a third time, they're gonna give you thirty years. You know, a super X felony is nine to forty five years. So I was really facing. So I had. The two super X's for nine years mm -hmm. a piece. I mean, not that they would add it up. That usually, if they if I would have been charged with all of these things, they would have like somehow rounded them together and mm -hmm. made it like ten years or something. But anyways, I had two super X felonies for nine years, nine to forty five. I had a class four felony from getting caught with a strip like a year and a half before, and that was. Uh, a class 4 felony is like 1 to 4 years or something like that like something stupid but and then I had or no sorry a class 1 felony 4 is the lowest 1 is the highest mm -hmm. so class 1 felony and then I had 2 A misdemeanors and 2 B misdemeanors for paraphernalia shit and paraphernalia and weed the weed was like an A and then the paraphernalia was like a B misdemeanor so I literally had like fucking eight ten charges. Fuck, fuck, dude. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. 
So this is the fucked up thing about the whole confidential informant situation is how that goes down is obviously you don't know that you just sold to a cop. Once that gets processed and they prove that it's acid, they go to the judge and say that they caught this person with this much and the judge issues a warrant for your arrest. You don't know that that happened. <laughs> you're chilling at work mm-hmm. and you fucking cop show up and you're like, what? I've been, mm-hmm. I went to court last month. I'm like, good. And they're like, no, there's new charges. Now you're going back to jail. It's like, fuck. Damn. Yeah, so long story short, I uh, I went on the run for almost a year because I just didn't want to deal with that shit. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> that was a lot of shit. When that weight came down, so, you know, luckily I got a... I was, like, fucking blessed this day and out of the fucking devil's way, but I had left home to go to work. I was at work at, like, 10 a.m., and my mom called me at work. She called the shop phone, and I was like, why are you calling me? She's like, I want to see if you're here. I was like, why? And she's like, well, the police just showed up, and they said you missed a court date. And I was like, no, I haven't missed a court date. I was like, mom, I just went to court last week or two weeks ago. Like, I haven't fucking missed a court date. I was like, I don't have another court date till next month. She's like, well, that's what they told me, and they're looking for you and shit, and I told them you're not here, you're at work, and they said you just have to sign some papers for them so that, uh, like, you can stay at work saying that you'll go to the next court date. And I was like, Mom, this is fishy as fuck. I was like, I just went to court. No, they straight up lied. They're allowed to. They lied to my parents outright because, uh... They knew that they wouldn't know any fucking different, and they just wanted information on me. Right. How fucked is that? So, anyway. That's insane. So, she's like, yeah, I told them where you work. They're going to bring some papers by for you to uh, sign and shit. And I was like, oh, fuck. They're about to fucking take me in, right? So, I was working with this girl at the time. I was like, yo, watch the counter. I got a jet, dude. If anybody comes in asking about me, just tell them. You don't know where the fuck I've been. Yeah. She's like, well, I'm like, just tell him you haven't seen me. Yeah. I didn't show up for work today. I'll call Stu. I'll tell him that I'm not going to be here, whatever. Yeah. So I call my boss like, yo, I'm not going to be able to make it in today. You got to send somebody else in. Yeah. I fucking dipped to my homie's house, which is by the shop. And I was like, yo, this shit's going down. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yo, yo, it's about to end. Oh, we have to pause shit. it. But we can do part two. All right, bet. So stay tuned, y'all, for part, part two. Part two. Finish the story. Leave- check, check, check. Welcome to part two. We were in a very exciting part of the podcast. We had to take a break for a second. Uh, Jay, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Chilling. Chilling. About to roll up this split so I can finish the suspenseful part of the story for (laughs) y'all. So let's go back a little bit. So you're at work. Yeah. And your mom calls you off the shop phone. She lets you know the 411. That's yeah. Some, yeah. The cops want to um, have you sign a paper, and yeah. it's weird because you just went to court. Yeah, it doesn't saying, make sense. They're saying apparently I missed a court date, and there's a warrant for my arrest, but they won't arrest me since I'm at my job. They won't come to my job and arrest me, but I just have to sign some paperwork, and then I can just reschedule my court date. That shit don't make no fucking sense to me. Uh-huh. So like when I heard that, I just knew it was like fishy business yeah. going down. So I left work. I go to my homie's house, and uh, sure enough, I'm at. I show up to my homie's house, fucking early as hell in the morning. He barely even awake. He's like, "What the fuck? Why are you here and shit?" And I'm like, "Yo, man, some shit's going down." And he's cool, like he understands, you know, the game and shit. So mm-hmm. he's like, "All right, lay low here, whatever." 
sure enough, like an hour later, I get a call, less than an hour, like 45 minutes, I get a call from a girl at work saying, oh man, the sheriffs of uh, Kane County and DuPage County were here and they pulled in like four or five squad Holy cars shit. deep. They went into, they blocked the back of the shop so I couldn't get out the back door. They came in the front. They oh, came asking man. about you. We said we hadn't seen you. And then they asked to search the shop. They looked around the whole shop. They looked in the back, make sure you weren't hiding in the bathroom or something. I was Whoa. like, God damn, dude. So I go online. I'm like, what the fuck? There's got to be a way to like search this warrant and shit. So I look up about Kane County because that was the county that I previously had a case with. I was looking up their court records and shit. Mm-hmm. And I searched my name and sure enough, the warrant comes up. So I look at it. Oh shit! It's, so you can check if you have a warrant for your arrest. You can. Well, I don't know. In Kane County, Illinois, you can. Gotcha. It's different. Every county has their own website and their own fucking search tools. But it should be public knowledge. Every warrant should be public knowledge, whether it's easy to find or not. You know. Mm. But um. Anyways, I saw the shit online and it showed me all those charges and shit, and I was like oh, what the fuck? Like, I was tripping. I'm like, I'm just having a normal day at work. And now the fucking cops are looking for me. I have all these fucking charges. I don't know what to fucking do. Anyways, I ended up living with my homie for uh, about a month. Like, just staying there. Like, wouldn't fucking go to the store type shit. Because I was fucking frightened. Yeah. You know? I mean, when they dropped that on you, you he just... Never came to your, they never came to your homie's house? Because no. you had no connection no. with him? Like, no. online or something? No. Damn. No, it was never suspicious. Shout out to your homie. Yeah, you know who you are. Been there, crashed that. We love you. Thanks for the support. Good dude. Let me chill with him for about a month. And then I uh, dipped up out of there. And uh, I was kicking it like in uh, South Central Illinois. (laughs) Far away from home so I could lay low and shit. And uh, about a... Almost a fucking year of being being in that shit, running away and shit like that. And then my daughter was born. And uh, literally three days after my daughter was born, (coughs) there was an incident at the place I was staying. And cops came and shit. And they were like about to arrest people for weed and start searching and shit like that. And they're asking everybody their names and all that crap. I just saw it kind of as like a sign to turn myself in because I was like, man, my fucking daughter was just born. I just want to kind of get this shit over with. Plus, like me coming out at that point in time was a way to like help other people in the situation not get busted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't say too much about it, but just like me already having a warrant and them being like super hyped to arrest this like big warrant that's been out for a fucking year made them like kind of blind to the fact that there's a bunch of other shit going on that they could have got other people in trouble for so in a way I like kind of try to protect the other people that were involved but mm-hmm. anyways yeah that that's, that's how they really got me by the way. <laughs> that's how they got me damn wait so I, I got a little confused <laughs> you are on you're on the run and how did they officially get find you <laughs> this is this is here's a funny story. Funny shout out funny parole stories. Shout out funny <laughs> probation stories. Here's a funny story. This is how they find my ass, right? I'm living on a fucking commune, okay? Which is I mean you kinda understand the premise for those who don't. It's just 
people join in to live together, usually without laws or with their own laws based on group consensus, making their own type of government, usually some type of off-grid living and growing their own food and shit like that. So I'm living in this place that's really safe, in my opinion, very safe. Not a lot of people are like... Can I can I uh, record this if, like officially for the Instagram? Like make a video? Set it up? So, because uh, we'll just start it at when, when it's early. I want to get us both in it. <laughs> Maybe if you uh, want to sit over there oh, for yeah, the story yeah, yeah. or something. Nice and my giant tote. Oh. Alright. Oh shit, don't knock the rig. God damn. Alright, so. Go for this story. Alright. So, so you're you're on the run and you're at a compound, right? Commune. Commune. <laughs> Which is like what, like a twenty dollar a night kind of thing, like a No. No pay. It's just a bunch of fucking hippies living together. Living off the land. Oh shit. Okay. Shit, In Illinois? In Illinois. That's what's up. <laughs> the place doesn't exist anymore, by the way, sadly, but shouts out. Farm for Fuck everybody yeah. who knows, but uh, yeah, so I'm staying there. Funny ass shit. This is how, after fucking a year being on the run, smooth fucking criminal, this is how a motherfucker get caught up. I'm living there, and I actually had my homies come down to visit. My daughter was just born three days prior, right? I had my homies come down, my good homies to come visit me and shit. We're kicking it. I'm walking them around the property. I'm like, let's go out to the woods and go fuck around in the woods. Did your daughter, was your daughter born on the compound? Hell yeah, dude. Like natural birth style? Yes. Oh shit, dude. That's so sick. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy (laughs) shit. Fuck yeah. Anyway, uh, my friends come down to visit. Prior to this, like the past two weeks to a month before this, this is like early spring, very, very early spring. The snow is just like melting and shit. And we were doing some controlled burns on the property to like reduce the amount of like weeds and grasses and stuff and like retake some of the land that had been overgrown, you know? So we were doing these controlled burns. And when you do a controlled burn, I don't know if you've ever seen people burn in a field or anything like that. It's like a way to like mm. restore the earth because they all do those that ashes here, go they, in they do that like, here yeah they become nutrients for the soil and like trees and stuff don't burn it's usually just like the undergrowth and the grasses and shit that burn up mm-hmm. and if you do it at the right time when the ground's like partially wet but then you have all these dry grass the wind's not blowing too much and you get like maybe 10 people and you have them on all sides of the area that you want to burn like mm-hmm. prepped with water and tools and stuff the fire gets out of control you know mm-hmm. so we were doing this for about two weeks on and off my daughter's born, my homies come out, we're kicking it, and we're out in the woods, <clears throat> and as we're walking out to the woods, we see the owner of the farm, he's standing way up on the hilltop, we're like, what's he doing up there, man, you know what I'm saying, like, what's he doing up there all by himself, so we go in the woods, we're fucking around for a little bit while. He knows you guys are there. Yeah, no, he knows we're there, should, yeah, but we're in the woods fucking around, we come out, and, uh, owner's standing up, uh, on top of the hill. And we see, like, fucking smoke and flames, and we're like, what the fuck? Is he burning shit up there? And we're, like, yelling to him, like, yo, yo. And he and he turns around, and he sees us down, like, in the valley before we go to the forest, and he's like, come quick, come on, help. 
come bring some shovels and come quick. We're like, what the fuck? So me and my homies run up there. And sure enough, his ass tried to fucking light a, like, a controlled burn to burn this field in the middle of the But it, it was day. just him. And it was just him. <laughs> wind is just fucking, wind is, like, just like the a solo of the year. dude trying to do a whole and fucking it, project I'm with like, pyrotechnics. Yeah. And this shit is getting Ooh. out of fucking control. So we're running around literally with, like, shovels, like, so there's, like, a fire line, so it burns everything in its path, and it spreads, right? The inside is all ash, and there's really only fire around the edge, right? So we're walking the edge with shovels, trying to beat at the embers and, like, put them out and stomp on them and shit. But it's gotten so big that, like, by the time you get all the way over here, the fire's coming back where you just were, and you've got to run back. We're fucking getting, like... Were you worried about getting, like, burned alive? Oh, yeah. I mean, not, like... Like, surrounded by the fire? Not really, because it wasn't like, like if you had to just like jump that fire line, like, you'd oh, be true, fine, true. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I was more worried like everything on this property is going to burn down, yeah. like the houses and structures that are here are going to be fucking burning yeah. the ground and shit. Like I got a house or I had a camper, so I'm like, is my camper going to catch right. on fire type shit, you know? And it was like straight insanity. And this shit went on for probably two or three hours straight. You want to talk about, like, a test of physical endurance, like, we're just fucking running around, like... How many hours, you said? Like, two or three hours oh, of us shit. trying to put this shit out. It's a 44-acre property. Just trying to put square, it out. It's a square All you were doing was trying to put it out. You weren't even trying to control burn anymore. We are just trying to stop it. It was out of control, because it was Fuck. so windy, and it's, like, hilly, so it's just blowing up and down. I wonder areas. how many times that happens, and, like, that's what causes, like, huge fires, and it's just somebody randomly trying to, like, do it, like, yeah, on their so, crops, and then, and like, so I don't just, know if it, nobody says anything. I've heard of this before. I don't know if it's per county or what, but I've heard of some somebody saying, like, I know this is true, too, because I've seen somebody do it, and they were saying... If you call the fire department before you have a burn and you say, hey, well, I'm doing a controlled burn on my property, mm-hmm. and it gets out of control and you have to call them to, like, stop it, mm-hmm. it's it's cool. Like, it's all good because you let them know what's happening and it got out of control. But if you do a controlled burn and you don't let them know and you have to call them because they got out of control, they can, like, ticket you and fine you and shit. So I'm sure they can do it a lot. A lot this fucking fire got so big... It went onto the neighbor's property. And that's when it really got out of control. You know what I'm saying? One of the neighbors. They were like, goddamn hippies. Yeah. (laughs) They blamed all you guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we're out in the middle of fucking nowhere in Illinois. It's all fucking old people, old corn growers and farmers and shit. Fucking cornfields everywhere, right? So we started burning down this one cornfield that was like, like across from our property. Like, the corner of our property's touch. And the dude came out on his tractor, and we were out in his field trying to put it out. But it was in his cornfield, and he hadn't even planted yet, so it was burning, like, old dead corn from last year. And he wasn't even mad. He's like, if anything, it's fertilizing the soil. Like, I don't care. And it got onto this other person's property. Bug it. (laughs) But, uh... Hold up, let me hit this wood. It got on this other person's property. And the part of the property was literally, like, <laughs> overgrown, and they weren't using it for shit. Like, straight the fuck up. Right? And, uh... 
I don't even know why they were fucking pissed, other than the fact that they're probably just like, goddamn hippies, and they're like, <laughs> it was like the most exciting thing that's happened in the last decade of their fucking life, so, yeah. you know, little fucking cop calling sons of bitches, but yeah. they call the cops, right, and uh, the whole time we're sitting there like, cops are going to come, fire department's going to show up, and we're you, scared shitless you for knew, hours. You remembered you had, you were on the run, right, and stuff. It's hard to forget. Yeah. <laughs> You yeah. got an over million dollar bond hanging over your head. Holy shit. Kind of hard to forget, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Is the bail bondsman looking for you too? Like, whoever bonded you out? or No. I don't, Did you have a bounty hunter? Exactly I, I doubt it. I mean, that bounty like hunters, a big ass bounty hunters are independent. Like I'd come citizens. find your ass for a million dollars. Right? But, <laughs> yeah. Go to the hippie. Right. Go to the hippie farm and a find million? a million dollar hippie, what? bro. Like, yeah. what the fuck? It's fucking shooting food in a barrel. <laughs> you can pick any one of them. They all look the same. Fucking million bucks. I'm in. I'm just kidding. I don't think it, that's how it works, That's though. fucking crazy, uh, yeah. though, to think about. Like, nah, right? That shit is real. I mean... People watch that shit on TV. It's like a reality show, like Dog the Bounty Hunter and all that shit. But, like, there are real people that do that shit. And what it is is, like, you're a private civilian who's just, like, contracted to, like, help the government. And only, like, severe criminals, like, have bounties. Yeah. So, like, I don't necessarily know if I did have a bounty or not. They're probably looking for probably the worst not, people. Though. They're looking for people who are, like, mass murderers not and like fucking the huge trippy guy, you know, Yeah, because like, they're trying to, like, they're, like, literally paying you money to bring them in. And like, I don't necessarily yeah. know if they were doing that, but... And if they were doing that, it would be, like, we'll give you 10 Gs to bring <laughs> right. It wouldn't be a million dollars. <coughs> yeah. But it's pretty much... And you're not really even a snitch. Like, you're going for somebody that's... You're bringing somebody to court. Like, you're just trying to arrest somebody. <laughs> like, if you're a bounty hunter. It's pretty yeah. fucking crazy, but... Anyways, this shit gets out of control. Neighbors call the cops, right? And, uh... The, we fucking put the fire out. Like, after two or three hours, we fucking get this fire put out. And I'm telling you, this was one of the best feelings of my life, to have this fire put out. Because we were like, we did it! Like, we're fucking high-fiving and hugging and rolling. <laughs> We were so happy, bro. I have a picture of me and my homies standing arm in arm in front of the whole burnt-ass property. Oh, like, there's a part that wasn't burnt by the houses, yeah. and then you have the huge burnt hillside in the oh, background. We're, shit. like, standing there with <laughs> smiling proud. Yeah. Because it was the coolest shit. And, like, once we got it out, we were, like... And probably all of our minds were, like... We're good. Like, we put it out. The cops and fire department never came. Like, we're straight. <laughs> Sharing out 20 minutes into festivities, dude. The fucking policia roll up. Yeah. Funny shit. I busted the party. Yeah, right? And you know what? Shouts out my man, Jeff. I'm about to fucking throw you under the bus. This is my best <laughs> homie in the fucking world. To this day, bro. To this day, my best homie in the fucking world shouts out, but honestly, I'll never let him down for how he fucked me this day, bro. Because he was there. I'll never let him down for this, bro. So him and my homie Connor, also a really good homie, they had come to visit me. That's what I was chilling with. And they were about to start this road trip, like, all across the country. And they just, like, since they were already far away from fucking home, they're like, we'll stop by and see Jay before we head out on this shit. 
and they were supposed to leave that morning by like two or like by like noon or something and they got caught up trying to help us with this fire so they were there like four hours after they were trying to leave right so by the time we get all this shit put out i'm about to walk them to their car at the beginning of the property so they can dip out as i'm walking them to their car is when the sheriffs pull in Oh, and they literally drive like pretty much right past us. We're like, oh fuck, dude. So the the cop, the first cop rolls up and like rolls down his window. And he's like, we're looking for the owner of the property, and we're all just like, no, not us, man. We, we're about to head out. We don't. <laughs> we're about to head you know? out. And then they just keep driving. So we're like, let's go the fuck. So we we like hide to us in their car, but we're like, trying to act smooth. And they're like getting in their car, and I'm like, yo, Jeff, check it out, bro. I got that warrant, bro. Just, like, pop me in here. Let me, like, drive me down the street. You drive me around the block a couple of times till they leave and come bring me back. And he's like, I don't know, bro. I'm trying to get the fuck out of here. I was like, yeah, bro. Like, take me with you. And he's like, I got weed on me. Connor's got weed on me. Like, we got to leave. And he's like, I'm not trying to come back here. And I was like, bro, we'll go kick it at this other, like, homie's house. It's, like, 30 minutes away. We'll go kick it there for a couple hours and come back tonight and see if everything's good. He's like, I'm not coming back. And he's like, you can come with, bro, but, like, we're about to leave and we're heading to Wyoming. So if you get in this car, you're coming to Wyoming with us. Like, we're not oh coming to drop your ass back off. bro. And my girl and my fucking newborn baby yes, are here. So bro. I'm like, Fuck. you know what? I'm going to just stay, bro. And he was like, all right, peace out, bro. Good luck. And I peaced him <laughs> out. And <laughs> he literally peaced me into jail, bro. And he said, Damn. I'll see you in a year. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Oh, God, bro. Oh, I love him. I love this man to death. You have no clue how bad he felt when he heard up. I got locked up, bro. It's such a crazy situation. And then all it's the like... homies were on his ass, too. <laughs> like, man, Jay, you could have fucking saved Jay. What the fuck? Uh, it's funny as hell. But that's yeah, insane, man. That's how that shit goes down. You know? So they got but at a, at a point, It was all like, but whatever. You know what? they... It's like, looking back, that's the great thing about shit like this and telling stories because when you look back, you can actually laugh at that shit. Like, I'm not mad at Jeff. Like, Jeff's my yeah. homie to this day, and he didn't know what was going down. I also can't blame the fact that I had warrants on him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was a goofy situation, and mm-hmm. especially if you know him, like, he's goofy like that sometimes, and it just makes it funnier. But, like, I realized also in hindsight that that was, like, a time that I pretty much needed to get that shit over with, you know? And, like, now my daughter is two and a half, Gonna be three March oh, yeah. next Congratulations. Year. Thank you, man. What's her name? Willow. Oh, yeah. What's her dope name? Yeah. She's cool as fuck, but pretty After much... After the Willow tree? Yeah. Dope. <laughs> so when I got out, she was 11 months old. So she has no recollection of any of this ever happening. You know what I'm saying? So getting that out of the fucking way... It's just been like kind of a blessing. Yeah, and and now shout I'm out to your girl on, for I mean, standing by you, right? Straight for that the year. Fuck up. I, yeah, I can't count. That's amazing to even me, bro. <laughs> right. I didn't never ask that of her. Right. I didn't never ask that of her. I didn't even at the time. <laughs> I was like, you know what? You got to do what you got to do. I realize I'm in this jam. Especially imagine having a loved one locked up, and this is the worst part of being locked up is not knowing the time. Because for the first five months, I didn't know how long I was gonna be gone. Because you were waiting for your court date still. So. The first five months were in jail. And did they count that as to your, son, your year when you got sentenced? Well, so my sentence was also like 
like I said, a real blessing because I had a real good lawyer. Oh, yeah. And he hooked it up. They were trying to give me nine years. So I spent three, three and a half, maybe four months in, uh, like three to four months in county jail. Then I spent one month in NRC, which is Northern Receiving Center. Mm-hmm. When you go to prison, you go from the jail to a receiving center, and that's where you get classified for what prison you're going to go to. They don't decide like the judge doesn't decide, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there's only three receiving centers in Illinois. There's Northern Rece- Receiving Center, Central Receiving Center, and South Central Receiving Center. It's called NRC, Northern Central or northern these whatever. are the places that they take inmates when yeah cops like sitting yeah. yeah that's where yeah it's like when you've been you get 10 years in prison they take you there before you even go to prison oh you know? interesting after jail though yeah and, and it's they, what do they literally do so that facility is literally considered like one of the worst facilities to be in in the whole country northern specifically because everyone from cook county that goes to prison goes through northern so even if you're from, like, bumfuck Illinois, but you're nearest to Northern Receiving, your county is, you're going to that prison with people from Cook County, like, hardcore fucking murderers <laughs> and drug dealers. Did you have to, like, I'm, you don't have to talk about this, but did you have to, like, join a gang? When no, I don't know. Luckily, I mean, I wasn't, that's like, if I would have gone to a very serious prison, I don't know if that is still a thing. But I never went to... Those are, like... That's, like, a maximum security prison type mm-hmm. of thing. Like, you see that shit all the time, and prison was really bad in, like, the 80s and early 90s. Mm-hmm. But there actually has been a lot of reform, and even though it's still god-awful horrible, it's not, like, what you see in the movies. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, there was... <coughs> there's definitely, like, huge gang yeah. prevalence, and most people only roll with their gangs. And actually... The police try to, upon booking you, especially in jail, classify you by gang and only put you in pods, which is like a cell block. They call it a pod. They put you in pods with like gang members so that to like kind of keep conflicts low. So I have this big star tetrahedron tattoo, which is also... You I got mean, that in prison? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. I got this when I was fucking 18. Oh, yeah. Just like sacred geometry, I love it. Fuck yeah. But uh, it's a six-point star. So when I'm getting booked and you have to show all your tattoos and shit, they see this and they assume that I'm a part of, like, under the six-point star, which is like a group of gangs. Including, like, the Black Disciples, the Gangster Disciples. Which is Chicago shit. Chicago shit, right? So they put me originally on a pod of all BDs and GDs. Holy shit. So... Which isn't, like, scary or anything like that to me. I mean, like, I'm just a white kid. I'm not ganged up, so they don't really care about me, gotcha. you know? And I was cool with everybody. The only problems I ever ran into is people wanting to beat my ass because I was cool with everybody. Because I would go and talk to the GDs and then go talk to the fucking Vice Lords and then go talk to the Latin Kings and, like, nobody really didn't fuck with mm-hmm. me. But then, like, some Latin Kings would be like, why is this white boy going and talking to those black people and mm-hmm. shit? Because even though it's not gang segregated, the race segregation is still really strong. It wasn't even really about gangs. It was the fact that I was white and I shouldn't have been hanging out with black people. Or I shouldn't have been hanging out with Mexican people. Mm-hmm. Like, straight up, white people would come up to me in jail and be like, why do you talk to them, bro? Like, why do you go over there and hang with them and shit? You can't fuck with their kind and shit like that. It's still really bad. Even in jail. What would you in say? jail and prison. I'd be like, fuck you, you racist old prick, dude. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. And uh, why don't you tell the people, like, what you do now and, like, how did you kind of get into that, maybe? 
What do you, what do you mean? Like, like with art and clothing yeah, and shit? Yeah, selling the clothes. I just bought a bunch of clothes from him, by the way. He bought a yeah. pair of overalls from me. <laughs> the little trade-up. Uh, yeah. I bought a bunch Hell of yeah. fucking dope-ass gear. Some Marlboro shit, some fucking race, some NASCAR shit, some uh, Harley, Harley shit. Harley Davidson yeah, stuff. And uh, some, an anime stuff, like sweater that was like yeah, from yeah. Japan, show and jump. Hell yeah. Well, going along the lines I say, dude, clothing is something so fucking universal and it really does bring everybody together. And you got all these different styles and aesthetics that so many people are a part of. And it breaks down boundaries while leaving you individual. Which I think is like one big thing that I try and look out for in life is that people preach about like peace and like eliminating governments or eliminating religions or stuff like communist principles, even like socialist principles in government and and politics and shit like that. But at the end of the day, what you're doing is dissoluting everybody's pure individualized self. We're all made different, but we all, all are one. Oh, yeah. We all are one, you know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. We're all of like mind, we're all of like being, but all individual. Oh, yeah. We can't forget that. So it pays homage to the fact that you have all these different people from all these different cultures, all these different skin colors, all these different religions, all being a part of one thing and being able to say, yo, this is sick. Mm-hmm. This is timeless culture, no mm-hmm. matter who you are. But also because it's so, like, I gave you a Harley piece and a Danzig piece, Misfits piece. Those pieces are faded and printed in a certain way that even if you find another shirt that's the exact same printing from the same year, they won't even look the same. Like, this one has a little bleach stain and a hole here. Mm -hmm. This one's more faded, has been worn more. This one, the vinyl is cracking on the graphic, you know? It's so individual and such a new way of style. And I think it's the future. I think, like, trying to pick out of what we have already made in this fucking world because there is so much shit dude and it definitely battles against fast fashion yeah and that's like the whole fucking goal really is like we're really trying to kill fast fashion it's not good for the people and it's not good for the world dude like it's just classic human exploitation of every resource to the utmost extent Mm -hmm. and we need to try and stop that at the root and one way is to fucking support local people like I'm not trying to be a multi-millionaire off of this or mm-hmm. start a fucking head corporation that sells all over the world and I have hundreds of people working for me, you know? Because I want to support other people to do the same thing that I want to do. I don't want to put people out of business. Mm-hmm. When I see people into what I'm doing, I think that's fucking sick, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. When I see people like you, I'm like, yo, I make clothes, you make clothes too. I'm not like, all right, but I got to make better clothes. <laughs> like, now we're competing for customers. Like, yeah. no, let's let's both make our own shit mm-hmm. like what I find is gonna be different than what you find if mm-hmm. you go out searching for vintage shit what I make is gonna be different than what you make and mm-hmm. people are gonna appreciate it different so uh, I think there's room for everybody if we kill that fast fashion you know mm-hmm. and I think a big part of the future is reuse because there's enough textiles I just read a fucking statistic bro I wish I could pull it up on my phone it's something like uh, let's pull it up on mine look up a uh, Textile use, textile waste per year, USA. You're going to be fucking amazed. When people say, oh, we can't just use the same clothes forever. We need new clothes because our clothes fall apart. You want to know how many textiles go in the garbage, in landfills? 15 million tons of used textile waste is generated per year. 15 million tons. A ton is 2.2, 2,200 pounds. 2,200 pounds. So, 
wow. average person's like 200 pounds. 10 people times 15 million. That's how much weight. Just to give you an 10, idea. 10 people. So, times a, a hundred and. 150 million people if you could even picture how big that was that's how much weight in clothing and fabric is literally put in landfills and destroyed and burned because it's wasted it's just garbage. in the u.s just in the united states <laughs> not even over the world then you have we're not even really the are, biggest producer and right? then you have people like china and japan that are like extremely into fashion like you think we're into fashion like even more so and those are where a lot of the cheap products come from is from Asia. So just being closer to the vicinity of where these things are made makes them more accessible and even cheaper. So even easier to use and throw out and get more, you know? Mm-hmm. It's it's an obsession. And I watched a video a couple of days ago that was actually breaking it down like a drug habit. And they're like, they lure you in with this feeling and this fucking sensation of I fit in, I'm part of what's now and hip. But just as quick as they get you high, they fucking cut you off, and they show you that it's not hip anymore. There's something else now. You gotta, yeah. but, but because of the way our brains work with familiarity, we keep going back to the same places to try and receive the same feelings. So people that shop at H and M Forever Twenty One and get dope shit, and they rock it a couple times and they love it, and then it sits in their closet because they don't love it anymore. They go back to H and M and go back to Forever Twenty One to get another high and keep it rolling. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, it's dope to be getting psyched about clothes. There's nothing wrong with it because it's an artwork. But it's an artwork when you appreciate it as an artwork. And it's cool to be getting high and getting obsessed with art and supporting local people and shit. It's not cool to be getting high off of something that fucking rapes the world and rapes our economy and shit like that and puts small people out of business. Like, that's not what's up, dude. I really think what you and I do is the future. I think everybody out there. Should fucking buy some Paul Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> buy some twelve oh eight vintage. Get on the Yo, fucking game. Hit up my man on twelve oh eight clothing hey. at twelve oh eight clothing on Instagram. Hell yeah. Jay, Hell thank yeah. you Check for the out. beautiful interview, man. Yeah, man. Support all your local artists, support your local clothing. Support. Hell yeah, love and peace. Hell yeah. To everybody. Stay out of fucking jail and stay out of prison. But if you do go Laugh about it later. Get your ass out. Do what you got to do. And um, laugh about it later. Yes. That's what it's about. Appreciate you, man. Peace out. Peace out. <laughs>